Welcome to this bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast normally about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. And I'm Cameron Dexter. And as you have seen from the title of this episode, uh, I caved. You, <laughs> Which I, I, yes. So, so the, the, the context here is as we, as we are approaching the end of the podcast, it's, it's imminent end, um, Knowing we had a, a little gap here, as we of, we often do like some sort of bonus in between seasons or series. Yeah, give ourselves a little right a, a one week break. Uh, and we haven't been doing a lot of bonus episodes, probably because I've just been trying to power us through to get to the end of this, so I can have my weekends back. But I did I did say to Cameron like, okay, Cameron, you we can do one more. I'm giving you a bonus episode as a gift, and and I took it immediately, <laughs> and I gave you two options. Mm-hmm. I gave you either Speed Racer or the Scooby-Doo movies and to reignite our famous Scooby-Doo bait. Would you like to explain to people why you ended up going with this yes. choice? There, so with Speed Racer, we both love Speed Racer. Hands down. And mm-hmm. the one thing we dislike, we agree on. Right. Is, yes. and, and someday, someday soon in the future, one of us, probably me, probably definitely you. me, yeah. fun to me. You think I'm going to do that? We'll create what we call the Spridal Cut, which is Speed <laughs> Racer without the one thing we don't like about Speed Racer, which is Spridal. Yeah, Spridal and Shim Shim, drastically reduced. Yes. Drastically. Um, so if, if we were to talk about that, it would just be us gushing over Speed Racer for an hour, yeah. which I'm happy to do. Right. Yeah. I do probably monthly. Yeah. But it wouldn't necessarily make for the best content. Yes. But there have been two through lines, I'll say, throughout <laughs> our five years on the podcast. One being I have never seen Superman and at this point almost refused to see Superman. That's true. And that, that may someday <laughs> get addressed, but yes. not anytime soon. Uh, and two, I love 2002 Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. and Chris, you despise. I, I'm not going to say I despise, but I think the argument has always been that you claim absurdly, ludicrously, accurately, the, the Scooby-Doo <laughs> one is better than Scooby-Doo 2. Yes. And so we decided to finally put the debate out into the air and give us a chance to talk about it. As you can probably tell already, <laughs> our opinions have not changed. <laughs> if anything, I think they're galvanized. <laughs> I think we got even more deep into this. Watching them both back to back, which I haven't done, I don't think ever. I've never I, watched same, them back to back. Same, I watched them both in a day. Uh, and to add on, we, we watched them back to back. We did ample research, but we also yes. read... Uh, one of the original scripts by James Gunn. Right. Because there, there has always been this kind of conversation around the first movie that James Gunn was trying to make this like more adults kind of raunchier satire of Scooby-Doo and that there was like in it, Velma is explicitly gay and that it's kind of more poking fun at a lot of the things. And you can see pieces of that in the movies. Like, well, maybe it's in the script and we'll get into a little bit more detail down the line, but like, it's not, not the one we read. (laughs) No. And maybe that is out there somewhere, but like it, for me, it actually just raises more questions about the first one. Yeah. I mean, I think we can say this because you didn't finish reading the script. No, I, 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 I got not to call you out. I'm sorry. For no, that. no. Yeah. I, I kind of ran out of time. I got to about pay. It's 121 page script. I got to page 91. And then like the few minutes before you arrived, I like flicked through because I was trying to see one. If there was like, there was apparently a deleted scene where Daphne and Velma kiss. I was trying to see if that was in the script. It was not. I didn't see it. Yeah. And I also was looking to see if they put scrappy do in there. They didn't. It was not. So I'm like, okay, that answers some of the questions I had about this draft. Mm-hmm. But, uh, reading that script. I 
don't like that script. Yeah, and let, let's shall we? Let's, yeah, we'll save it. We'll save yeah, it. Yeah, let's. So let's start with. We'll start with one. Yeah. So just Scooby Doo from two thousand two. We're kind of winging this. We've never done this kind of format before. Exactly. I didn't write. I didn't write a, a, a summary ahead of time. So I'm just gonna try to do it off my head here. So, basically, the Scooby Gang uh, gets tired of each other's bullshit and they break up. And then two years later, uh, they're all recruited by the mysterious Mr. Montevarius, who owns Spooky Island, as played by Rowan Atkinson. Yes. To come out and try and solve the mystery of why a bunch of these, like, raunchy, hard-partying, crazy college students are suddenly leaving the island being very, like, serious and sober and stoic. Um, And so it kind of, like, forces a reunion of the Scooby gang and forces them to put their stuff aside. And they eventually come to realize that... There is a cult on the island that is trying to replace all these college students, their souls, with demons to then send them out across the world to then turn Montevarius into, like, this ultimate demonic monster that can control all of them. And turns out, like everything else in Scooby-Doo, he is, in fact, a, you know, a man in a mask, but it's not actually a man. It's (laughs) Scrappy-Doo. Yes. Oh, we'll talk about the scrappy of it all. Uh, you know, so that's essentially what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know, right off the top, Cameron. Okay. Right off the top. <laughs> explain the plot of this film to me. I mean, I just give the summary of what happens, but mm-hmm. explain explain the actual plot of this movie. Yeah, so Chris, the theme of this movie is friendship. No, 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 no. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Explain the, the explain the plot. The plot to me. Yeah, it's the it's the plot of every Scooby Doo episode. No, no. Mm-hmm. What what is? I'm getting to it. I'm okay. getting to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand where you're trying to shoehorn me in. Yes. And I'm gonna fight my way out of this. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, the plot is Scooby and Shaggy have nothing, and it's them trying to get back to what they had before. Yes, that don't is, shake your head. That is not the question I asked, Cameron. <laughs> I'm getting to it. <laughs> what is the villainous plot of this movie? What oh, is the, the villainous plot. What is the actual aim of the villain? What is he trying to accomplish and why? He's trying to take out Sco- the Scooby gang. Scrappy-Doo is envious and angry at the Scooby gang for abandoning him, and he's doing whatever he can to seek his revenge. And to take out the Scooby gang. And how exactly do demons and a robot Rowan Atkinson factor into all this? Because Scrappy needed to go to the island, which we already knew from the uh, man on the beach, whose name I don't remember because he's mm. not in the original script, um, that the island is already kind of pre-haunted before the demon stuff comes in. You know, he's already very like um, aware of the of the weird energy on this island. Um in in the in the original script, it is in the um, triangle thing, the Bermuda triangle. triangle. Did they did they say that in the script? Yeah, oh, I missed that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Fred has a book about the the fake. In I'll get into that later. Yeah, uh, it's in the Bermuda Triangle is where this island is. Okay. Also, as you're explaining this, you can't reference the script. You can only, I won't. I won't. You can I'm only done. reference the movie. You can only reference <laughs> the final cut of this movie yep. to explain okay. to me how That's this fine. is supposed to make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scrappy needed a way to get more power mm-hmm. uh he can't do it as a dog he's a tiny dog can't do that by himself so he creates a robot of mondavarius who uh-huh. just bought the island two years prior mm-hmm. which is in the movie uh and he basically did a um 
uh, Mad Eye Moody. He Mad Eye Moodied him, mm-hmm. where he took his place, put him in a crate underground for two years, and in that time was creating a way to harness the power of the demons on the island through the triangle thingy. <laughs> You're doing great. Yep, doing great. Um, and I think that that covers it. <laughs> what what exactly are the monsters supposed to do? Like, what is the why are they spreading across the globe? Why, why think, are they swapping the bodies out and spreading them across the globe? Well, he needed the souls. And I think the demons were just kind of the 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 reaction of of removing the souls from the human body. Well, but he didn't have to put anything into the souls. He didn't have to put anything in in the vacancy of the bodies. He had to to not rise as much suspicion because if all of these, you know, there were thousands of souls in that in the the uh, cauldron. If he just removed all these teens, you know, as they're going on summer on, on spring break, MTV spring break, mm-hmm. they would be caught so much faster if you just had these thousands of, of, of college kids disappearing. Okay. Then what exactly is Scrappy trying to do once he becomes a giant monster? Take out the gang. And then he hasn't thought past that. He's not a smart dog. See, no, there's there's some there is clearly like abandoned ideas here. Yes. And th- this ultimately is like my big critique on this film mm-hmm. is that it's a fucking mess. Sure. <laughs> that they were trying to make a satire of Scooby-Doo, but like they aborted it partway through. And so it is a little bit of everything, which means ultimately kind of nothing. Okay. So on that, calling it a satire of Scooby-Doo. I agree, but I think it's not the Scooby-Doo you're thinking it is. Because there's 40 years of Scooby-Doo before we get to this movie. Right. But, like, the only one that actually matters to anyone that's not you... No, that's not true. So this is my is big the original. Point. That is not true at all. How is that not true? I did... This is part of the research I did. James Gunn is 55 years old. He was, he was born in 1966. He would have been three years old when, when Scooby-Doo or Are You came out. Yeah. That wouldn't have been his Scooby-Doo. Between that, his formative years of television would have been the 70s and 80s Scooby-Doo, which, when you look at the timeline, is the Scrappy era. I don't like to admit it, but Scrappy has been around for 30 of those 40 years of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, but he, clearly he doesn't like Scrappy because he makes no him a fucking does. villain. That's the thing. No one in that era, if you're past a certain age, Scrappy was meant to bring in the young audience back in. Right. He was the cousin Oliver. Yes. And so the Scooby-Doo that happened in James Gunn's years was the, the new Scooby-Doo show, which ran from 1976 to 1979. Uh, and that was when we were introduced to the Scooby family. Uh, and that is when, obviously, we were introduced to Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. Scrappy-Doo was a big hit for the younger audience. And they're trying to keep to the younger audience, being the Hanna-Barbera model. They work better with children. And as James Gunn's group is kind of aging out of it, they bring Scrappy into the main group. So you have the Scooby and Scrappy, the Scooby-Doo Scrappy-Doo show, which started in 1980 through 1982. I've already regretted this. I I already deeply regret this. Uh, Where it was the whole gang with Scrappy. But then they transitioned it to just be, and they even referenced this in the the movie, where it was the new Scooby and and Scrappy show, where it's just... um, Scooby, Shaggy, Scrappy, and Daphne. And that's the team for a while, which is a very weird combination. When do they reference that in the movie? They're only all together in the movie. When Fred and Velma are taken and it's just the three of them having to work together again, where it's Daphne, Scooby, and Shaggy. 
I'm going to say that's a bit of a stretch Mm -hmm. on that one. I think what they're more going for there is that it was always Velma and Fred that were the leaders. And now it's up to the damsel in distress and the two cowards to save the day. That is not, I think, meant to be a reference to a very obscure cartoon that I've never even heard of. Well, Chris, here's the other twist. Uh, In that story, they replaced Daphne halfway through with a love interest for Scooby for Shaggy who is the exact same character as Daphne, which is what uh, Isla Fisher is in this movie. Mary Jane? Yes. So, okay. Like, okay, fine. I think James Gunn, this, that's the difference between these two movies. This is a movie to parody James Gunn's Scooby-Doo. Well, th- and that's exactly my point. Why I think the second one is the better film is that the first one is this, like I said, and like an aborted ineffective send-up of scooby-doo whereas the second one is a like genuine love letter to classic scooby-doo that actually hits the mark yes because now there's an audience for that i think that was the audience they also were trying to go for in this i think so here's the other thing chris god (laughs) i know i love my timelines when scooby-doo one came out 2002 was the longest stretch of no new scooby content that ever existed in its in its lifetime between a pup new Scooby Doo ended in 1991, there was nothing until uh, on television until 2004 when What's New Scooby Doo came out. Yeah, but Scooby Doo and Zombie Island came out on TV. It came out on straight to video, which then was played on TV. Okay, but there was still Scooby Doo content. But that was still eight years later. Uh, you have Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, which is the first introduction of real monsters. You have Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which introduces the Hex Girls, which is kind of a pull for an older audience to continue watching this movie, is to give them kind of the band of the time. Um, and then you have the third one, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders, which is my first Scooby-Doo movie. Okay. Uh, which, again, is creepier, darker, darker color palette. All three of these have a much darker color palette. Uh, to then, that is the template outside of syndication that we have for Scooby-Doo uh, before leading into the Scooby-Doo movie. Okay, fine. But here's the thing. You are thinking like a Scooby-Doo fan, not like a studio. And like when, whenever they go to do a reboot of something, there's always like, oh, what's the twist we can put on it? But they're still trying to like get the core audience. The core audience is going to primarily be the people who watched the original show or grew up on the original show. Like that's the one that was still aired the most like growing up i pretty much never saw any other scooby-doo stuff i always saw reruns of like with the first two or three seasons of the classic you know scooby-doo where are you i think you've seen more of the other shows than you think you have no because i I remember the episodes and they're all ones from the original show there's only 30 episodes of the original show yeah i just saw those all the time plus you know plus like the um whichever one had like the guest stars on like batman and don Knotts and yes, stuff like the that. new scooby-doo movies was the right. direct sequel but so i mean look it, maybe it's trying to do all these things but my problem with this movie is that it doesn't know what it's trying to do like again we 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 read through the james gunn script and like i said i, I was like okay maybe in my mind there's like there's this cult like there's this this legend almost about this like raunchy r-rated like I, i've never seen joseph pussycats but i've heard that's kind of more along those lines like it's a little bit more adult a little bit more Mm -hmm. like a satire and that when that bombed warner brothers got cold feet and like really reined this movie in so i think it started out as like that sort of idea or at least that's the kind of the legend around it but the script confuses that but this legendary idea that this movie was supposed to be like this this raunchy like pg-13 borderline r send up to scooby-doo 
And then I don't know how much that actually ended up in being in the shooting script. It's a little bit unclear because mm-hmm. what we read was definitely that shooting script. I would say this isn't even a PG-13 script. They, they, they use two bad words. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, it. Th- yeah. I mean, the, the, the script that we read is like almost the same thing, just structurally a little bit different. Yeah. But like, I don't see, you can see hints of like the, you know, Daphne being gay in there and you can see hints of it like being like a little bit raunchier, a little bit darker, a little bit, but it's, it doesn't actually end up in the final movie. And look, I, I totally understand loving something that's ineffective for what it does. I am a Quantum of Solace apologist, mm-hmm. right? I give that movie a break because I know they got fucked by the writer's strike. I appreciate what it's trying to do while fully acknowledging that it doesn't actually succeed at what it's trying to do. And that's what this is. I know what it's trying to do. I don't think it succeeds at all at doing that. And I think what they actually give us on screen is it's a mess. It's so 2000s cringe like it dates horribly that's another a point horribly mm-hmm. really horribly <laughs> and it like i don't think it captures the tone and again like in my mind scooby-doo classic scooby-doo it doesn't capture like that tone of it and you said like it's about friendship it's about the friendship between Scooby and Shaggy primarily. And I will say like, I do really like that moment where Shaggy is like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm your best bud. Let's get out of here. Like right towards the very end. I really like that moment. And there's a lot of moments in this that I do like, but it is really incohesive. You can see the Frankenstein of it all as you're watching. You, you're watching like, where's the, like there's a clear scene missing where like Daphne's soul gets sucked out. And sure enough, there's a deleted scene, which I watch where that happens. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, or there's a scene where, Fred when they're in like the hotel and Fred and Daphne kind of walk out and you feel like they're going to meet at some point and have a conversation and then just abruptly ends. Well, that's because there was this really fantastic scene. I don't know if you watched this deleted scene or not Mm -hmm. of Velma um, singing. I can't take my eyes off of you when she's like drunk and you can't tell who she's singing to. And again, Lena Cardellini is amazing. Yes. Even better than deleted scenes that they cut out, unfortunately, where she really got to show her range. Yeah. One of the best, I say one of the best castings in this movie. I think all the casting in this movie all, is great. All the casting is brilliant. Mm-hmm. 100% brilliant. But it just, like, it feels messy and cobbled together. And I just, for me, that's so, I remember seeing this as a kid and be like, this was bad. Like Such I, a critical child. No, but like, <laughs> I mean, look, I fucking loved Die Another Day when it came out the same year. Mm-hmm. And I saw this and I was like, this was dumb and bad because it wasn't Scooby-Doo. It didn't know what it wanted to be. I, I still disagree with that. I still think the characters in this are great. I think the character stories in this movie are better than the character stories in the second one. I don't disagree with that, but I just still think that And that's what I care about more. But, it, it, but the, the movie's the, worse. But at the end of the day, they're still both Scooby-Doo stories, where it's a villain of the week story. And I kind of look past that when we have these interesting character moments. Oh, so you follow. just look past all the crap? I do look like the scrappy of it all is the big problem well, for me. And, and that's the, okay, yeah, let's get into that, all right? Yeah. That reveal is so fucking dumb. It's bad. It's, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, I, there's nothing in the second one where I'm like, this is really dumb. You should have cut this out. There's so many things in this where I'm like, this is dumb. You should have cut this out. The scrappy idea is really stupid. When all the students become like cliches and they're talking in like really, really <laughs> like, pain, like painfully awkward, racist caricatures. Mm hmm. I'm like, this is like borderline unforgivable now that they are doing this. I get it. It's of the time, but it doesn't age well. Yeah, I, I will at say all the, the, the difference between the two. There's a lot. 
but the quality that, being the number one <laughs> on that note i this movie is a time capsule of 2000 of 2000 lifestyle whereas whereas 2004's scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed is a time capsule of hollywood tropes of 2000 i no, i don't think that's true you don't think so I don't think that movie, I don't find that movie tropey. I find that movie to be like a really good. You don't think pausing on a freeze frame with the musical number at the end isn't tropey? I mean. You don't think an over the top skateboarding sequence of the early 2000s is over this? This movie. Which is great. Sorry. <clears throat> this movie starts. <laughs> yep. Fucking starts with a really, like literally my first, my first note. My mm-hmm. first note. Scooby-Doo. Early 2000s. Of course there's a skateboard. Yeah. Of course it's a fucking <laughs> skateboard. But it's not a full sequence. Like the other one is. Where it's a full CGI when they're sliding down the hill? No, 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 no. When uh, when uh, Scooby is riding the uh, fire extinguisher. In it's not doing... a skateboard. That's not a skateboard moment? No, it's not a skateboard That's moment. That's not a skateboard he's, moment. He's not literally on a skateboard, which they are in this movie he's unnecessarily. He's not riding half pipes, doing handstands on the ska- on the, tar- the frozen tar ghost. That's not a skateboard moment? No. Have you ever played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? This is literally a skateboard in this. Literally a skateboard in this movie. This is literally a remake of a scene from Tony Hawk's no. Pro Skater 2. No, no, no. But, like, look. You don't you don't get to deny that this isn't a skateboarding moment. <laughs> but I disagree with the did idea you that... you live in the early 2000s, I dis- Chris? <laughs> I actually did live in the early 2000s, you fucking child. You're three years older than me, Chris. <laughs> it was Stop enough. Stop making it like I'm 12 years younger than you. Cameron. Yes. Cameron. Emotionally, <laughs> sure. This is my boy. <laughs> but look, there's so many things. It's not a skateboarding. So moment. many things in this movie that just like don't work. Most of the CGI is absolutely terrible. It's 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 of the time. But okay, but there's other things that came out at this time that do not age quite as painfully. I want to point out. Mm-hmm. You look at this movie and how like blatantly it's trying to capture some like really painfully stupid zeitgeisty moments of the 2000s. Mean Girls came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. That movie does not do any of that same sort of thing. Like this movie was going for the easiest targets every place possible. Yes. To try and make it feel like appeal to, I guess, use of the time, which was just a terrible decision. And it like you, I feel like this movie, you can't watch without context. Mm -hmm. The second one, you can, you can just put this on like, Oh, this is just like a love letter to Scooby-Doo. And yeah, like you have to go like, Oh, who's that guy? Ruben stuttered one moment in the like the end credits versus like an entire sequence dedicated to fucking Sugar Ray, which is great. It's awful. It's incredible. It's so stupid. No one needs frosted tips anymore. <laughs> okay. Look, look. I will. Okay, there are things I like about this. Okay, I fully acknowledge things I like about it. Um, I think the opening sequence hits all the beats of a classic Scooby Doo episode, mm-hmm. which I really like. I like they brought that in there. Um, I really love the random joke someone tells to Daphne that purple's a fall color. Yep. I like that. I like a level of self-awareness that happens when they're investigating the castle initially there. Um, but I also feel like that sequence doesn't make any sense because they go into this abandoned castle, which is supposed to be a ride, mm-hmm. but I don't understand how that ride could possibly work given the way like they navigate through it. Like we have to like pull books off a shelf to open up the doorway inside a castle. Why is there like a re-education center when they're being re-educated by just being, have demons put inside of them? Because the demons have to learn human, have to learn how to be humans. Because that is something, and I, I don't want to keep referencing it 
because it's it's not in the movie. But that was something that was in the script. Right. So, I mean, like, it just, it feels like this weird, the, the plot makes no sense to me. It's like this weird meandering thing. Like, they're trying to hit the idea of, like, red herrings. They don't do it well. I think the second one does red herrings really well. Um, I, I do like the body swap sequence. I think that's pretty funny. It's when they're, like, they're all doing character, like, per- like, versions of themselves. But, like the whole thing still feels like really cobbled to get together. And my problem with this is I think oftentimes their performances feel like caricatures of the cartoon and they almost feel more cartoonish than they do feel like modern embodiments of those characters. I think they're all perfectly cast. I think they don't, you can tell that no one knows how to play this movie while they're doing it. I think I think maybe Linda Carlini and Matthew Lillard are the only ones that are kind of in on it. But you can see Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar like kind of struggling to figure out how to portray these characters because I just don't think especially you read that script, mm-hmm. they're all assholes. They're horrible. And yeah, like, that's that was the biggest thing I hated about the script. Yeah, they're super mean. And I for me, a lot of that meanness still made its way into the movie. And again, like they can't tell you I think they're trying to figure out how to play this. Because I think they don't no, I don't think I, I think the script is so different from the ultimately the movie ended up being. And I think they got so much studio interference, but I also kind of get why the studio did interfere. Like, I will read that script. The script's bad. And I like James Gunn a lot. Mm-hmm. I love James Gunn, actually. Same. But it's a bad script. Yeah, it is. And, it, and like some some things in the movie are better, but some things in the movie are also worse. Primarily Scrappy-Doo. Yes, the scrappy problem is 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 the biggest thing I have to apologize for. And that's the thing is I have nothing to apologize for in Scooby Doo Two. I do, not apologize for. I have problems with Scooby Doo Two because right. I think your point that these are characters. I think the next movie they're even worse caricatures. I, I think that the, I think they're underwritten, but I don't think they're caricatures. I think the stories we got out of the characters in this movie is you know we we, we both agree on this. The, the story points for the characters are better here, where they unwrote a lot of those beats for the sequel i i think in two Mm -hmm. fred and daphne are very underutilized yes i think fred in both is pretty underutilized yeah and i mean fred really has nowhere to go he starts and ends in basically the same spot and i think that's pretty much true of daphne as well that is not true in two Yes, and that is my problem with two. Right, but everything else in two works, and it's like no, the Velma does not work. I honestly, I look, I'm like Mister Put Queer and everything. I like the Velma storyline. I mean, okay, in two when she is in like that whole cat suit sequence for me is so fucking funny because Linda Cardellini is so good at playing that character, trying so hard but not knowing how to do it right. Mm-hmm. And like when she's sitting in the van and like the suit squeaks and it farts, I guess that's an ad lib on Linda Carlini. It's like, I'm sorry. It was like, it wasn't me. It was the suit. Like I, I agree. Like, I don't love the idea of like, let's force Velma to have a boyfriend, but I think the way she plays it makes it work. You're, you're playing into my, my one problem is I will always support Linda Carlini. <laughs> no. And, and, and I look, and again, this cast is great. Mm-hmm. My, my problem is like, I think, like I said, I think the casting in this is good, but the writing is bad. I don't think the writing's bad in the second one in terms of, like, the characters and how they're portrayed. I just think that they're not super well utilized, but that's the natural consequence of a sequel is usually you gravitate towards certain plot points instead. But I like in the second one that it's about 
Scooby and Shaggy, the cowards, having to step up and save the day. Well, they kind of do that here, kind of, but also not. I don't like that. That's, that's That's my problem. Why don't you like that? Because they're all about the team. Like, that's that's the whole point of the first movie is, like, Scooby and Shaggy realize the mystery. Like, the gang is nothing when they're not the gang. Yeah. They're all, minus Velma, is doing great. She's a fucking NASA engineer in the movie. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's that's a throwaway line that doesn't matter. In the sequel, you know, there's, there's a division that is driven between them uh, where Fred and, and Fred and Daphne both kind of talk bad on Scooby and Shaggy. Like, oh, how could you trust them to do anything? Yeah. And it's the two of them leaving the gang, basically, to try and not be themselves. Well, trying to prove that they're heroes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same thing. No, they're not trying to prove that they're not themselves. They're trying to, like, they're trying to prove they can't be heroes. They think the only way to do that is to be like the others. And ultimately, they, of course, as a kid's movie, they realize, like, they can just do it by being who they are and having to, like, step up. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I think they try to do that in the first one, but it doesn't quite land because it's also choppy. I that Scooby and Shaggy have almost the same arc in the both movies, realistically. Like the first one, it's kind of like they have that moment where they like break up and they get back together. But again, it's like them having to like step up and be heroes. So there there's one part of the script. And I connect this to both movies, because I think this is a line that could have landed. Honestly, this line should have been in the sequel, and they didn't use it in either of them. And I think that's a big disservice to shaggy specifically as a character mm. and in the script it is after scooby is taken um by the the wrestler and the the uh voodoo guy can't remember their names because they're so forgettable uh no is one n-o-o apostrophe something nope not it but keep going no okay it's fine whatever yep uh, so forgettable the two mm. the two other villains um the other one is only memorable because they're based off of characters we already know. And I think that's brilliant. If you had never seen, if you show this movie to Heather, a kid now. Wait, uh, what is it? Uh, Jonathan Jacobo, which I can't, I don't think he was in the original cartoon, actually. I think they added him. And then Heather, yeah, the Jasper, Heather Jasper Howe. And Ken? Ned. Ned. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're trying so hard over there. Hey, I had Heather Jasper Howe. All I right. didn't have that. I still had Alicia. <laughs> I just called her Alicia Silverstone the whole time. <laughs> Who's great. The supporting cast in the second one is fucking stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so there's a line in in the script where after Scooby's taken, Shaggy and the gang are now back together and they're trying to come up with a plan to get Scooby back. And the rest of the gang is like, we've never had to face real monsters before. Mm-hmm. How can we do this? Like, we, we don't do this. And Shaggy has to be the one that's like, hey, I always stood up when it was the other monsters. And they're, yeah. like, and they're like, oh no, like, but they were always men in mass. Like, but to me, they weren't. To me, yeah. it's always they were always a monster. I, I, I've always had to stand up for that. I love that line in the script, and I was I was disappointed it didn't make its way in. Yeah, because yeah. it would have worked so well in both of them. And yeah. I think you need that for Shaggy. I think he needs that moment in either of them. Where I don't think he has any kind of redemption in the second one. Honestly, I think I. I actively dislike Shaggy in the second one. I Why? think they dumped him down so much where he, what? in the first one, he is still a walking character where in the second one, he is a caricature where he's rivaling Scooby's intelligence. I like, just, I, I think they made him so dumb in that sequel. I don't sequel. feel that. I look I, for me, like, and we haven't actually even like gotten to the plot of the <laughs> second one, which maybe we should do right now. 
Let's do that right now. Okay, yeah, go. For yeah. It. So okay, so drink my water. <laughs> yeah. So in in the second one, like Scooby Gang's back together. They're like they're like back to the height of their popularity. They're opening up a museum exhibit, uh, showcasing all of the costumes of the classic monsters they've unveiled over the course of their their tenure. Um, at the museum unveiling, this um, masked figure. They don't really ever give a name, do they? And they just call him the masked. Like the, yeah, the masked. Thing. the mask mask ghost most or whatever yeah. yeah he shows up and has somehow turned the suits the costumes the villains into real monsters um and then there's a news reporter played by alicia silverstone called heather jasper howe mm-hmm. who is like portraying mr inc as being awful and incompetent and terrible and so and scooby and shaggy like kind of fuck up a little bit at the unveiling and trying to capture the pterodactyl ghost and so they're trying to redeem themselves but they go off to figure out what's going on, and they discover that um, one of the former guys they captured, Jonathan Jacobo, was working on technology to turn monsters real. He's believed to be dead. And now the classic monsters of the original cartoon are coming to life and hunting them down. And they interact with a lot of the characters of their past, including like um, um, Old Man Wickles, who was the Black Knight ghost, Played by Peter Boyle, who is always, always excellent. He's great, yeah. Um, and a bunch of other stuff, and they like go into a bar that features like filled with a lot of their old enemies. Which I think it's super fun, and you know they basically discover like they have to stop this technology from the the monsters being replicated. And ultimately, it's revealed that you know Heather Jasper Howe, Alicia Silverstone, it's a villain, but there's actually a, a mask underneath that, and it's Jonathan Jacoba, who was presumed to be dead. Did not like that. That part's ah, that's fine. Like I'm like like I like I'm like that's not great, but it's not bad. It's not Scrappy Doo bad. It's not Scrappy Doo bad. I will give it that. See, that, and that's the thing. It's like I two is not great. It's not flawless, but I don't have to like ignore things to enjoy it. Whereas like one, I have to like okay, so we have to put aside Scrappy Doo. We have to put aside that it's like a a completely edited mess. We have to put aside. I'm going to once again point out the really horrible racist dialogue. <laughs> you have to put all these things aside. You have to put aside fucking Sugar Ray. Like you have to put. All... I will never put aside Sugar Ray. Well, How dare well, you? Well, guess what? The world already did. <laughs> so you have to put all these things aside to be like, oh, it's good. But OK, we have to like, but you have to ignore that. You have to ignore that. You have to, oh, it's of the time. I There's not like two is much more like aimed at a kid's movie. But I think it actually knows what it wants to be and lands the fucking plane in a way the first one does not. Like the second one is for me a genuine heartfelt love letter to those original cartoons. Like, again, like I'm going to draw back to like the Bond comparison. Like I like Quantum of Solace despite it being a mess. But like Skyfall is legitimately just a better constructed film that is a, a loving send up to the Bond of past and it just works better. I think that same thing applies here. Scooby-Doo 1 is trying to do something bolder and more different, and I'll give it credit for that, but it fails spectacularly. The second one is not trying to be as ambitious, but what it is trying to do, it succeeds at. See, I don't agree. I think 2 is so, it's so sweet, it's so much fun, I think the jokes land better, the red herrings land better, it's got a much better supporting cast, it brings in so many references from the original cartoon in a way that I think actually worked really well. I think the CGI actually is pretty good in that movie. That's not a fair. That's not fair. It they've totally had, is fair. They've had time and a better budget. Okay, sure. 
but also there's other things that came out in 2002 that do not look as bad as Scooby-Doo 1 does. I think the, the design of the monsters in the first one, too, are terrible. I agree. Like, that, that's the thing. It's There's nothing about that. Like, I will totally give you, I will agree with you that they have better character arcs in the first one. Mm-hmm. Which but, is what I care about. But yeah, but all the rest of it sucks. No. <laughs> yes, it does. It just flat out sucks. Like, I was I was like, and I, I went in optimistic. I was really trying to enjoy it. And I actually came out of the first one and be like, you know what? This is fun. And then I watched the second one. I'm like, oh, wait, the second one, it is just so much better. It's more sweet. It's more fun. It's more loving. It's way less mean. The first one is mean. Yes, because they're, they broke up. It's them dealing with the post-breakup. Right, but they're like, they're, and the script is even worse. They're really mean to each other. Like, I can't understand how they get back together given, like, what they do to each other in the script. And it's a little bit better in the movie. Um, but it, it just... It's I, them realizing, and it, it's what is missing in the second movie. And it's the first one is they realize Scooby and Shaggy's importance is they are, and I hate to be this cliche, but they're the heart of the group. And they're the glue that holds them together where they should play up that in the second one if they're if that's the beat of the first movie if that's the the core character of them is now you have fred is the leader velma is the brain daphne's now the muscle which they completely abandoned in the second one minus the one shot where she's fighting the black knight which is great yeah but they still have it in there so they didn't abandon it it's still in there they kept it for the one scene but then after that was fully abandoned well just the the story shifts and they're mostly just running away from the monsters after that, until the very end, and it's just the two of them. It's but then Alicia Silverstone approaches Daphne and is like, what's your point of being here? And, the, and her whole arc in the second movie is like, I don't know what I'm doing here. It's like, you're the muscle now. You're the one that keeps everyone again, safe. Again, I agree with you on the arc thing, but the second one is sweeter if you're spending and all more this, fun and cohesive. If you're spending 90% of the movie with the characters, why can't the character beats play a more important part in the story? But I don't think... I To me, the story arcs, though they're not as good, are not as detrimental to the movie as everything else is in the first one. If if I'm happy with the core, I'm happy with the movie. And I'm not happy with the core in the second movie. I just think we're never going to agree on this. I, I know we're not. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, I, I fully accept it because I, I was the same way. I I messaged you this in mid-quarantine mm-hmm. that I rewatched Scooby-Doo 2 when HBO Max first yeah. premiered. And I wrote a scathing message to myself to for you about how much I hated the second one. You didn't send it, right? I, I did not send it to you, but I, I brought it up to you that, that, I, that, God, I, that I, I did this. I don't need to see it. And I I didn't go back to that when, when re-watching mm-hmm. the second movie. I came in, I'm like, I'm I'm going to come in as unbiased as yeah. I can be. And I do. I enjoy the second movie now more. Seeing them yeah. back to back, I do see the, the charm of the second movie. Yeah. I, but I still don't like what they did with the characters. And at the end of the day, that's what it is for me. That, and that, look, and that's fine. But I, I I think for me, just like everything else in the second movie is much more polished. Like the production design in the second movie is so much better than the first one. Mm-hmm. First one has terrible production design, terrible animation, terrible like character design. There's a non-existent supporting cast whatsoever. Like the sets in the second one are gorgeous. Like when they go through um, the Black Knight's like castle, his house. All that looks gorgeous, and it's like a classic Scooby-Doo cartoon made live action. Yeah, and and that that's something I will never, I, I will I will always support these two right. movies for being. Because I think both of them do it pretty well. I, the thing is, I don't think the first one does it that well. Like, I mean, because there's almost an identical scene in, like, the abandoned ride cast on the first one. And yes. I, I think that one, it doesn't really land the classic scooby-doo feel at no point in the first one do i ever feel like they land the classic scooby-doo feel like 
you know, it's when like they're being attacked by like the saw blades, like, Oh, I'm going to throw the book at you and you're going to knock the window. It's like an action beat. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the second one, it actually plays into like the classic things that they do in Scooby-Doo much more like them, like trying to be like evasive and playful and goofy. It's all right there. Um, what else I really like about the second one here? Um, okay, I do have a note here. It took one hour before Terrible 2000s music, which is probably at least a good 58 minutes improvement on the first one. In the second one? Yeah. Interesting you say that, because that was one of the things I was apologizing for the movie for. It didn't have Terrible 2000s music? No, even better. It has one of my favorite 2000s artists hidden in there that people just don't realize because it's a quick montage sequence. But there's a band, which I've brought up on this podcast before, oh, no. called Hi Hi Puffy Yami Yumi. Oh, they're in there? They are in there. Where are they in there? They sing the song Friends Forever when they're in the Mystery Machine driving out to uh, Old Man Winkle's castle. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But again, that didn't feel like painfully 2000s. Oh, but it is painfully 2000s. But I didn't, I mean, it's painfully 2000s because you know what that is. But yes. like, as someone who doesn't know, I'm like, oh, it's it just, it didn't feel that, it didn't feel dated until, I don't even know what the song was, but an hour in. Um, I think there's some really good lines in there in the second one like i love when um shaggy or someone says like or shaggy's like this is the worst day of my life in comparison to what and shaggy's like to every other freaking day of my life <laughs> that is a great because that was also in the trailer and i i love yeah, that like, line that's a really good line again i i have another note in here just lc is a goddess linda cardellini is a fucking goddess and i think i think she's good in the first one but i think they cut out a lot of her best stuff and i think there's a lot of really good stuff still in the second one again her it her in that orange jumpsuit is a brilliant piece of comedic acting from Linda Cardellini. Yeah, I I agree. I just don't like that sequence. What do you like about it? Uh I don't like that she <laughs> again, this is me fighting against the early 2000s tropes. I don't like that she has to change herself in that way well she thinks she has to yes so i mean it's not like look it's not like fucking she's all that where the whole point of the movie is she has to like all of a sudden look hot Mm -hmm. like she like what i think works so well is that she's trying to do that but it doesn't work because that's not who she is and no one at any point is playing it like it does work she yes she's in the leather suit because she thinks she comes off as this johnny quest style hero where she's basically a secret agent what are you fucking talking about in the in the movie they she says daphne asks, why do you think you need to change for this guy and she says it's because i'm not the person that he thinks i am i think i come off as this leather wearing adventure like indiana jones type no that is a line in the movie no you mean she thinks that the uh, the guy sees her as that not that that's how she comes off that's why i got confused by she doesn't see herself that way she thinks she has to be that way but yeah, oh yes, okay, yes, yeah, I apologize. Okay, yeah, because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But they've they've known each other for a while now, and they have common interests in in like being intellectuals. So why would she have that thought of herself? Because she's deeply insecure. Because she's never been like appreciated, like she's never been seen as attractive for who she is. But she is in the first movie. No, she's she has not. a guy in the first movie. Yes, no, the she guy. Do- no, but they, they no, that is the, like the guy with the bad with the bad mustache. The goatee? Yes. Yeah, but, like, that. the thing is, 
that is never actually played as romantic at any point. He flirts with her when they get drink. He buys them drinks. Right, but she doesn't realize that he's and like even at the very end, he and like, then he puts she, his arm around her at the end. Right, no, at the very end, she like punches him on the shoulder, of like, oh, like aren't we buds? Like she, like she clearly doesn't see that situation being romantic. Like that's the thing; she has no awareness of it. She doesn't realize he's into her. Whereas in this one, like she's aware because Seth Green literally asks her out on a date. Fine. Yeah. Look, and look, there are problems with this. I don't think the Seth Green character totally works. I love Seth Green. So do I. And I think it kind of, I think him when he like is being a, like an asshole and like interrogating like the guy outside of the, um, the oh, man Winkle. Yeah. The, the, the club. Um, that's me. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's me is like a bit, the character swing is too far. And then it's meant to be a red herring. And then again, when they like find a little shrine to Jonathan Jacobo, there's like a little kid in there that's meant to look like a young Seth Green. So it's to set up this idea like, oh, maybe it's his son. And to me, that doesn't ever have a payoff, nor does it have, like, are they ever explained like, like if he's normally that kind of an asshole, like there's never any sort of like closure on that. You're like, wait, isn't this guy kind of a dick mm-hmm. at the end? So that, that part I don't like necessarily. But again, I love how, Velma plays all that. Linda Cardo plays all that stuff in there. Um, let's see what is. Oh, this one gets into the story much quicker. But again, it's a help. It's a benefit of a sequel. Um, what, what else I have in here? I mean, I have lots of notes, but morally, it's, it's positive things. Like the sets are amazing. Um, okay, I do have a note here. Trash can. Oh, the trash can surfing is dumb when they're going down the hill outside the. the yes. Like I'm like fully acknowledge that's dumb, but it's relatively brief. But again, um, but that is that is a callback to the original show, right? Yeah, it's like kind of like, kind of. There, there are these beats where like I will apologize yeah. for them because they are yeah. so like quintessential Scooby Doo. The van chase is great. Yeah, that's fine. the The jousting is dumb, but I love, love it. The jousting. See, it's like look. I'll fully acknowledge the second movie is dumb. Mm-hmm. It's really dumb, but it knows that it's dumb. It leans into it and it lands it. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I don't think I've already said this. I, I apologize for both of these movies because, and again, I, I am, I am a, a bigger fan of the second one now coming right. out of it, coming in with, coming in with non angry eyes. Right. Uh, but what both of these movies do well, which I think a lot of adaptations have never captured minus speed racer mm-hmm. is they can be fun. They can be, uh, referential to the to the source material while still being unique stories and yeah. still being fun. Nothing about these movies felt bland, either one of them. I think they both swung big. Mm-hmm. And some things hit, some things didn't. Uh, but if you look at every other live-action remake, uh, The Flintstones, I think, does fine yeah. with John Goodman. Suppose, but yeah. you look at, you know, uh, Yogi Bear, bad. Nice. Garfield, bad. Didn't Alvin see. the Chipmunks, fine, mm-hmm. then got bad. Yeah uh smurfs bad yeah uh underdog never saw it looked yeah, bad, looked so yeah bad. did not see underdog hong kong fu is supposed to happen so that's never gonna happen now never gonna happen now yeah oh that, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got its own problems now yeah uh, i shouldn't be making that yeah mm-hmm. no, uh yeah and I, like i i popeye bad sorry robin yeah never, <laughs> i've never it. never seen it and look and yeah i I, th- I will agree with you i think that these movies they most like I, for me the second one like really really perfectly captures the energy of the original the original original cartoon and brings it back around i think i think the first one is trying at times to do that and trying at times not to do it and it, it just doesn't quite 
get there in the end. Like I, I let me put it this way: after rewatching both these, like I don't need to go back and revisit the first one again anytime soon. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, at some point, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw on two and just have it on in the background and have it be a, a a good a good fun time. I I think I'm more open to watching them both together again because mm-hmm. I think I still I I personally I still think I'd rewatch the first one probably once outside of Halloween and then I'll watch I'll definitely watch them both every Halloween okay. like to me these are good Halloween movies yeah um but yeah I don't think I will watch two by itself still okay so yeah I I I came out of two being like I mean I really I really love this it's just it yeah it's it's just a great love letter to the old ones because the thing is like you go back and watch the original cartoon it's also dumb but it knows that it's dumb Mm -hmm. and i think that's what i like about i think also for me what it boils down to is two is dumb but it knows that it's dumb in the same way that the original cartoon was dumb and knew it was dumb i think the first one's trying to be smart and fails at it i think the first one it it had too much warner brother effect but I also think that the approach James Gunn was taking clashed with not only the studio, what they wanted, but also just kind of with the inherent idea. Yeah. And, and again, I think the script, the, the the mysterious script we've heard about, which is not the one we read. No, it's not. I think he wanted to make what scary movie was. Sure. Yeah. Because I could say reading this version of the script, I could see beats leading, like feeling connected to Scream. Yeah. Like what I think he wanted to make was a scream parody with Scooby Doo characters, right? And I, while making it not for yeah. kids, making it for teens and his group who grew up with yeah. that version of the gang. And you know what? I get that he's trying to do that. I don't know if that's ever worked though. Like, can you think of a time when someone tried to make like the smart send up remake and it worked? Not off the top of my head. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure there's a point, but I can't think of one. Yeah, and maybe there's just smaller ones like we don't, I just mm-hmm. haven't thought of. Well, because we, we are getting the Velma series eventually on HBO Max. Uh, the the new Scoob movie, did you ever see that one? Yeah, I did. The animated one? Okay. I, I was not a fan. There were pieces of it that I liked, but overall I was not a big fan. I have heard, and and after watching these movies, I want to go and rewatch. There's a show. I don't think it's the current iteration of Scooby Doo, but there's one called Mystery Incorporated. That one's supposed to be really good. That's yes, exactly. And I've yeah. heard that does what these two movies wanted to do in its best form. Okay, and yeah, and I I think like I will say coming off these, after watching the first one, it made me want to go back and like watch classic Scooby Doo to like wash the taste out of my mouth in some way. <laughs> Whereas the second one made me want to go back and watch Scooby-Doo because like it made me fall in love with Scooby-Doo again. And I think maybe you have the same feeling, but just the other way around in terms of the movies. Yeah. The first one just gets me excited for Scooby-Doo just in general. I can watch okay. after the first movie, I can watch any iteration of it. I can watch new Scooby-Doo movies. And that was another thing in the, the original script. Again, we're, we we talked about the other two. We're going to talk about the script now. Yeah. Um, Don Knotts was the, was the final unmasking. I just kind of skimmed ahead till I saw that. I was like, it's just because the the lick the beans comment, which is a funny joke in in the movie itself. Yeah. Well, because there's a, a line after that where Fred talks to himself in in the script, where yeah. Fred makes a joke of like, like that was inappropriate, but I but I am jealous of your flexibility. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. It just. Uh, so okay, I, I, maybe like the final final button on this whole thing. Well, I, I want to super quickly talk about the the character beats that do work because I do think Fred initially watching it 
I in which one? In the second one. Okay, yeah. I think Fred has an interesting arc, mm-hmm. and I do appreciate it after watching it again, where his initial character is solely about his public image. Yeah. It gets destroyed. He becomes nothing. Yeah. He doesn't know what to think of himself. It's not until he's with Daphne again where they're about to die where he realizes he shouldn't care about that. He should care about what his friends think of him. Yeah. And that's great. Love that Love that arc for him. Mm-hmm. Daphne's arc in the first one I think is incredible. Uh, she's the damsel in distress. And then throughout the movie, we're hinted at her power. That she's been working on herself. She's no longer going to be a damsel. You mean uh, all the time she's like, I've learned my chi and I've gone off instead of the ways of Chinese martial arts? Not, not, not in the script. Not, not that's, in the script. that's in the movie. That's in the movie. Do they, do they talk about chi in the movie? A little bit. And they talk about Chinese martial arts. Yeah. It's 2002. <laughs> Again, there's nothing overtly racist and terrible in Psycho 1 that has to be apologized for. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where I, where she has never had to change her character to, to have this kind of upgrade to herself. Mm-hmm. She stays the same until the very end. when we see like, Oh, she is a badass now. She is yeah. the muscle. We, we get the hints where, you know, she's about to kick down the bookshelf and the doors open and it's like, Oh, she's not that strong. That's, that's funny. Uh, but then the, the final reveal that she is this badass that can go toe to toe with Telemundo's number one wrestler. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Who's the that. damsel in distress now? Exactly. That's such a great that, moment. I like that moment. I do like that part a lot. Yeah. yeah. That whole sequence is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the skull with the spikes. It's also a disco. It's a, uh, a disco ball. Yeah. I love that thing. I'd get a prop of that. Yeah. Um, Velma, I don't think it's an arc in either of them. Which is, I yeah. in the second one, there is the moment where she's with Shaggy, which I do like, where Shaggy's talking about he's never felt confident in himself because they all get to do stuff, where Velma says, I've been envious of you because you guys are genuine to yourselves at all times. Yeah. Which I, th- I don't think is true, though, because Velma is also, she's always the nerd. She's never unapologetic about being the nerd. Well, and I think she's learning that she doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. I-, I agree with you. I don't think she really, I think... I don't think she has much to do in the first one. I think she has, it's not a robust arc, but a little bit more of an arc in the second one. Because again, they, they cut out a lot of her best stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a, a handful of really fantastic deleted scenes around Velma. And, it just... and I think it's just because they were too adult. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you, did you watch any of them? Uh, I think I've only seen the the one where she's on the piano. Which is, fu- so I, I've got my eyes. I, it's right. Yeah. I've got, can't my, take my eyes off. Can't take my eyes off. Yeah. It's a brilliant, brilliant comedic performance. There's another part. Um, like Daphne goes into a locker room and she finds Velma there and like a bikini, not wearing glasses and like just being like the cool girl and like talking. And then she's like putting on this shit, like Lynn and Carlini is like playing like, like, Hey, I'm so cool sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they turn on Daphne. And so she goes from like being like the cool girl to like this, like really kind of freaky out monster thing. Doing this like these crazy, like head to the side angles it's it's again like the turn she takes in like this 30 second clip are fucking brilliant they, I they think, took a lot of her best stuff out which is unfortunate i think james gunn has such a thing for linda cartellini which again who doesn't who doesn't but looking at these two movies i think it's so funny he will do anything and everything to get her out of the sweater vest into anything sexual yeah. but also I f- which is hilarious i fucking love though in two when she unzips the leather cat suit and she's wearing she's wearing a sweater underneath that is a brilliant joke that's yes that is such a great cartoon to reality joke yeah because <laughs> you see her like when they're in the van you see her like 
almost do it. She like yeah. puts her hand on the zipper and she looks down. And you think it's like, you know, for me, until we saw the reveal, I thought it was like a cleavage joke. Yeah. Of like, oh, I just need to be more sexual to get his attention. Yeah. But then it's the like, oh no, it's because myself is underneath this. <laughs> it's, uh, I just, I love it. I love it so much. They're great. Okay. So like the final little button on this thing here is we, we land this bird. What? We're going to try and make this quick. Yep. I, I will do my best. Someone's doing another live action Scooby-Doo movie. Do you want a fresh reboot or do you want this cast back? Knowing that now they're all in like their late 40s. Fresh reboot. You want a fresh reboot? Mm-hmm. Why? I am happy with where this story left off. And I and I'm okay saying goodbye to it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy for it being this 2000s time capsule. Mm. And if I want to experience 2000s in either sense, why, good and bad. Why would anyone? Why would anyone want to revisit the early 2000s? I was happy then. I was blissfully ignorant then. Well, that's yeah, that's exactly it. we're blissfully ignorant of how just awful the culture was at the time. <laughs> I I really enjoy time capsule movies because they have those like uh. uh Empire Records is my favorite time capsule movie. I think there's a difference between a time capsule movie that embraces, like, that sincerely embraces its period versus is a painful reminder of how bad the period was, which for me is the first I think it's do. the good and bad. Like, you have to take both to understand what 2000 was like. I don't know. There's, there's re- nothing about the, the, the cringe cringy 2000s part of the first movie makes me want to visit. But anyways, we're not, we're not tangent here. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, no, I want, I want a new version I kind of, because we, we never, I don't think we've had a version of this in a while. I want them to be teenagers again. Yeah. I want to see what a, because like, it's, it's if, if it wasn't for you dumb kids and you're, and you're dumb yeah. dog too. There were, there were some, as I was looking up the trivia on these movies, there were some direct DVD Scooby-Doo live action movies that free, feature Robbie Amell as Fred. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that oh, is that Fred and Daphne? Or sorry, is that no, Daphne it's, and Velma? It's, it's, it's like one of them is like the mystery begins, and the other one is uh, something else. But there's also that yeah, there's also the Daphne and Velma movie, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I, I've I think I started it and I didn't like the casting. Okay, yeah, I'm, I I would almost be curious to go watch one of those ones just for Robbie Amell, who I do love. As do I. Sincerely, I would yeah, I would watch him. Like yeah. I said I just watched the Duff the other week, and he's yeah, so he, wonderful. He's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um. And then another reason is you introduced this book to me. You said you enjoyed the book. Oh, Meddling Kids. Yes. That is a good book. And I think that Fucking weird. is... I never finished it. I, okay. I kind of lost lost interest okay. kind of a little past halfway. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, that seems fair. I don't remember it ending great, but... Um, but that format, yeah. if, if they're not going to be teens, it's them basically having PTSD right. of dealing with the trauma of being around horror their entire life yeah and I, th- I i agree with you i think and i think that works because it's not actually scooby-doo story it's like let's take this this idea this imagery and let's subvert it and play with it you know it's kind of like a dark superman movie where it's not actually superman mm-hmm. like sometimes that works better if you're more playing off of the iconography of something and not actually trying to make it its own thing and maybe that's I'm not just trying to shit on the first one all the time. I think maybe that's part of the reason like first one doesn't work for me. It's like trying to do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, 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 I think it's a good idea to do a reboot though. Yeah. Uh, but, but as you just said that it also clicked with me, I don't want 
over everything, I don't want a gritty version of this. I want yeah. I want a saturated color palette. Yeah. It doesn't have to be speed racer saturated, but yeah. I just don't want what we've seen normally. I I and I agree with you on that. I, I, before go before watching these movies again before reading the script, I always had this idea in my mind based on like you know, the legend of the James Gunn script. Like how cool would it be to get that cast back together and have James Gunn write and direct it? I now would love to see that cast back together because I think they're so good, but I actually don't want the James Gunn version. I mean, I think he's a much better filmmaker now than he was 20 years ago. Shocking. But if he's going to do something more along the lines of like what's in the script, I don't think that works. And I I agree with you. I I think it's, I would much rather see something that's like a sincere, earnest revisit to that world. Like you said, that's more colorful and fun and playful because that's what the original one was yes and and i keep thinking about halloween kills and halloween and halloween kills mm-hmm. and how wait do you mean halloween and halloween excuse me there's the original halloween the and, two and new the, ones the first reboot okay so you're thinking of the first re like the new reboot called halloween yes. and it's direct sequel halloween kills yes did you see either one of those i did not okay then i'm very curious where this is going where it's the same <laughs> universe but it kind of follows one of the same characters but in a new cast with them Right? Is that how they are? In yeah. my head, that's how they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's... Yes. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis is back in the first of the new movies. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, with, like, all new cast. And I, I haven't seen Halloween Kills, so it's not very good, but I guess they bring back more people from the first movie. Oh, do they? Okay. From the original. Well, I guess Scream is also about to do the same thing. Yeah. Where it's... It's the belated sequel. Yes, where it's one stays and everyone else is new. I don't want that for this. That's where no, I was going with that. Yeah, I don't want that either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think that would work. Because I, I keep thinking about, like, oh, it'd be cool if, like, uh, if any of them came back. But I also don't – because also you have to keep the names. Yeah. You can't have them all be Fred Jr., Daphne Jr., Velma Jr., Scooby Jr. Exactly. Um, yeah. Which would be funny, bad, but, but like, it, it, that's, a, that's a cartoon joke. If, yeah. if we get a, a DVD ver- or a, a video yeah. version of this. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think that doesn't play out long form yeah. as a movie. But, no, I, I agree with you. I, I, I did, yeah, I didn't like Scoob. I thought it just – it was just kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And if if anything for callbacks, my last point, yeah. and then I'm done. If anything, I think we can get a nod to like them going by the airport and seeing like a sign for Spooky Island. Sure, yeah, I think it'd be cute. And then some reference to the museum, like it's about to be built, or some like, oh, it'd be cool if you made a museum for this. Yeah, like that's all we need, just like those passing references. Some little thing, and I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think, like I said, I I. I went into this thinking that's what I would want was to see all them come back. And I just don't, I just don't think it would work at this point. Cause you're right. You, there's no way to do it without having it being that like, it would have to be meta and self-aware because they're so much older now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't know how well and Scooby would. would not be alive. <laughs> I, and I think there's a way to play that. Be like, wow, Scooby, like you're surprisingly spry for like a 30 year old dog. So mm-hmm. like there's a way to like play that as a joke and just kind of push past it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, as much as I love this cast, I just don't see it. And I think they can still play it. They can still play older versions, but I don't necessarily want to see that movie. Yeah, I think because uh, yeah. Matthew Lillard did the voice for years. A long time, I, I know. He, he did it until the Scoob movie. Yeah, and then like we just need all famous people in here. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this doesn't work. Yeah. I know. It just, yeah. I Yeah, I didn't like, didn't like Scoob. Didn't care. The same. They but, tried to do too much too fast. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, I feel like I'm going to regret asking this question. I, I will be brief. Okay. 
having watched these, I'm like, you know what? I do kind of want to go back and rewatch Scooby-Doo. I kind of want to see like the classic and the best. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be, you know, the original Scooby-Doo, where are you? Probably the, um, with Scooby-Doo movies, the one with all the guest mm-hmm. stars. Yeah. And then a pup named Scooby-Doo. Which is, was my childhood one. Right. I, I grew up on that a lot too. And then, I, yeah, there's, I think, I think, wait, there's a couple newer versions. One of the big mystery ink. And then I think there's like a Scooby-Doo, who are you or something like that? The one that has a bunch of guest stars. But like, what, what would be the things that people should go if they want to revisit Scooby-Doo? Mm-hmm. What, what would be the, like, our, like the way we do a short list, but for C- Scooby series, what would be the ones to go back and actually have people watch? Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind they actually have to be good and not just ones that you beloved because they're bad. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You is is the classic. Yeah. You have to see that. New Scooby-Doo movies, I think you can kind of... you. you I would think you pick which cameos you want to see. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because like... Mama Cass. Like, I love the Harlem Globetrotters episodes. Those are great. I love the Batman episodes. Classics. Don't really care for the Don Knot ones. Yeah, There's Don two Don Knot episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, Laurel and Hardy are in two episodes. Oh, that's not, right, yeah. Like not a huge Lauren Hardy fan. Yeah. That's not fair. I just don't know enough about them. That's fair. Yeah. I, I loved the the movie that uh Oh yeah, uh, Steve Coogan and um John C. Riley. Yes. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um I think you can skip all of the Scrappy Doo stuff. hundred um, percent. Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo is one I don't think anyone has seen because it was never in syndication. But that one is uh where Shaggy's in the red shirt. That's the easiest oh, way to identify it. Okay. Um and that one, it, I, I don't remember it vividly, but that is supposed to be the best of the old era. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. So I'd say, and it's only 13 episodes. It's one season. That's good. Um, it for, I don't think you ever saw the show, but it was loosely what Jackie Chan Adventures is based on. Oh, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fun. Uh, Puppet Named Scooby-Doo is great. I think that is is just kind of your palate cleanser. It's br- It's it's brilliant. I mean, I remember it being brilliant. Yeah, that's the one where like you take a sick day because that's the only time you ever watch the show is if you were sick. Yeah, because it only came on at like 10 p.m. or yeah, 10 a.m. Yeah, like middle of the day. Mm-hmm. But and again, we 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 make reference to it left and right. How could we possibly <clears throat> do an episode of that again? But the character of Red Herring and that so good and that ongoing joke never tires. Never. And uh, it's 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 astounding, but it never tires. It's so good. And it's I still make reference to that regularly all the time i'll shoehorn in <laughs> a reference to that wherever i possibly can it's great yeah. um i am a fan of what's new scooby-doo but it's it's not the best that was its oh okay yeah yeah i vaguely remember that one and that one only came out because of the popularity of these two movies mm-hmm. um get a clue i didn't like mystery inc i've i've heard is the best i've not watched it yeah um i want to watch that one and then, yeah, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who is the current one running, which okay. is on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, because uh, a uh, uh, friend of the show, Kira, sent me a clip today of um, they Mark Hamill is the guest star. Mm-hmm. And he's in the back, and it's like, oh, how do you know so much about the Joker? He's like, oh, I have an inside source. And he, like, cracks into the Joker laugh. Yeah, so that it's they fucking... did that joke before. Oh, they did? Uh, I think it's Scooby-Doo. I don't remember what it is, where it's – no, it may be a Batman episode, where it's it, – It's um, Joker. It's Justice League action. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's Joker, kidnapped Jester, Mark Hamill. and Mark Hamill all in the yeah. back of the car together. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and then I feel like for some of the animated movies, I mean, uh, I remember Zombie Island being great. Yes. I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, I meant to go back and a goal of mine one day is to watch every Scooby-Doo movie, animated movie. Oh, dear God. 
There's so I think there's 46 oh now. My god. Oh my good god! Yeah, I'm 36. Sure, I'm sure okay, a lot skip I like I I definitely want to revisit Zombie Island. I've never seen Batman Brave and the Bold meet Scooby Doo, but I I bet that would be a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, a one-off episode because this was early. Cameron introduces Scooby Doo is in the middle of their hiatus between shows. Scooby Doo was on an episode of Johnny Bravo. <gasps> that's right yes oh. and there's the great moment where both johnny and velma drop their glasses and velma says my glasses i can't see without my glasses and johnny says my glasses i can't be seen without my glasses <laughs> <laughs> uh I, i'd pitch that one that's I'd, brilliant uh i'd pitch cyber chase i think cyber chase is one of the best okay i, I vaguely recall that one i don't know if i saw it if i remember uh, it. which is ghost i did rewatch for october and it's I'm upset I didn't like it more because it's okay. the Hex Girls introduction. I love the Hex Girls. And the side character is voiced by Tim Curry. Ah. Uh, but it's Tim Curry after being Nigel Thornberry for a couple oh, years. And so, yes. So it's, it is Nigel. The way I pitch it to a friend is it's Tim Curry playing Nigel Thornberry who went to Yale. That sounds kind of fun. Uh, what's another good one? Um Aloha Scooby Doo, I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they when they fight the um, uh, volcano monster, okay. it's pretty fun. There's a great surfing sequence. And God, it's not <laughs> a great skateboarding sequence. Oh yeah, we're we're past that now. We're onto <laughs> surfing now. Uh, I don't think I've seen a lot of these other okay. ones. But I mean, like that's that's a that's a good list, and I'll maybe shorten that down yet further still and put it down in the show notes. Yeah, that's so people, fine. People can go it, and I'm sure a lot of this now is up on HBO Max, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I. At the end of the day, like, it was fun to revisit these. I'm glad it helped me, like, fall in love again with Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Um, yeah, and it makes me want to go go back and watch some some classic Scooby, who I always enjoy. Yeah, it's it's a nice just break in the day. Yeah, it's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, I think that does it for us for this, this bonus episode here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. If you did, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how in demand, uh, Scooby-Doo is amongst our (laughs) Batman fan base here. Uh, but if you want to reach us, we are at Tim talk pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. If you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face, or if you want to just talk more about Scooby-Doo or want a Scooby-Doo history lesson. I have so much more I can say that Chris won't let me talk about. Nope. Uh, you can you can message me at camdexter underscore adventures. Uh, as we've been uh, going along here, there is a, a a pendulum blade above Cameron's head that's been slowly lowering, and it has about four minutes left before it takes off his head. Mm-hmm. So, I accept my fate. Exactly. It's worth it. It's worth it. Someone about call it the knife of Damocles. <laughs> Oh, well done. Uh, But thanks, everyone, for listening. Our next episode will be back into the world of the DCAU with Justice League Unlimited. Our final season. season. Our final season. Getting very close here. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, But until then, thanks, everybody, and uh, bye-bye. Bye. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We've got some work to do now. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, I see you. We need some help from you now. Nice. Oh, yeah. I still got it. You know, we got a mystery to solve in Scooby-Doo. Where you at? Don't hold back. I've missed most of it at this point. <laughs>